It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, for the week of March 9th, 2017, even though Daylight Savings hasn't even taken place for those of us that celebrate Daylight Savings, spring hasn't even sprung yet. We're going to think of summer camp, s'mores, campfires, and so much more as we're welcoming none other than Tessa Netting here to the show. Now, Tessa, many of you may know, is part of Disney Channel's original show, Bunked, where she plays a camp counselor who's always causing hijinks, fun, and if a show had to have a villain, she is it in Bunked. She's also going to stop in and talk about what it's like being part of Bunked, her favorite scenes, being part of this terrific cast in this spin-off show to Disney Channel's Jessie, what it's like for summer camp herself, the Kiki Waka theme song, as well as many other things like being on Billy Elliot on Broadway, her YouTube channel, and so much more, including being a Harry Potter nerd. And Tessa's going to stop in and talk about all those things and so much more later on in the show. And no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, you have the questions, he always has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We also have the symphony for your ears, as Paige is going to stop in with the magical music review, as she's going to go deep into some of the magical music from Disney's library. We also have a short leash for you. Yes, we are going to take Pluto on that stroll, and Dominic's going to bring you an all-new short leash with tips and tricks for your next short trip to the Walt Disney World Resort. And let's not forget Cody, who's taking that stroll down the Hollywood Walk, as he's going to give you a little bit more about our very special guest here this week, Tessa Netting. And in addition to all that, we have tons of news hot off the D-Wire from the Disney Channel, Disney Springs, Animal Kingdom, Goofy, Mickey, Minnie, Disney Channel, and all kinds of things within the Walt Disney Company this week. So before I jump into this week's show, we start up the bonfire, we make our s'mores. I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. Now, Castles and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're bilingual. They're going to help you out, plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation that you can have. And it's one of the only places that's going to treat you like family. Their arms are open and they're going to guide you through the most magical experience that you can have in your Walt Disney World vacation. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, they're treating you like family and they're the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, let's light up the bonfire, let's sing some songs, let's head on out to Camp Kikiwaka for the week of March 9th, 2017. And I'll be right back, all of you D-Heads. Here we go, we're leaving this city behind right now. Let's gather by the campfire light and sing this song. Kikiwaka! Hanging out with someone new, then falling out of a camp you knew. What's that smell? It's on your shoe. Kikiwaka! Got us more in my hair. Mosquitoes in our underwear. Showers broke, but we don't care. Kikiwaka! This is our home away from home, away from home, away from home. But watch your back, a bear just ate my phone. Kikiwaka, Kikiwaka! 
Hazel's Guide to Life. Number one, fashion. I have a surprise for you guys. It's us on a hat. <laughs> yes, it is. That's not creepy at all. Put them on. Maybe later. Put them on. See more of Hazel in Bunked, only on Disney Channel. Hey, this is Tessa Netting from Bunked, and you are listening to Disney On Demand.
It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for the week of March 9th, 2017, as we sat by the fire, we sang along, and we have a full, fun camping show. As we are gearing up for Tessa Netting to stop in here very shortly, our favorite camp counselor, well, I don't know if she's our favorite or just one that we fear, but she is definitely full of energy, fun, and hijinks. We also have the D-team here of Aaron Page, Dominic, and Cody, Tons of news hot off the D-wire, and of course you, the D-heads. Without you, there would be no show, so you're here as well, tuning in and listening in. Now before I jump into that news hot off the D-wire, I do got to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, so I'm going to take a break from eating this s'more and tell you that First and foremost, you can always stay connected on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also stay connected on all the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. Yes, I love to spell it out every single time for you. And you can find us on all of these and stay connected with our fun, magical, quirky, different kind of Disney show. And remember, you need the magic right away for your ears. You can't wait. You need it. You want it. You just gotta have it for your cubicle at work, your ride to work, um, you know, sitting there with your family and your friends. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. You can get the latest shows as they get released for your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, you name it, just by searching Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue. And remember, I talk really fast. I jibber-jabber. I go on and on. So if you couldn't keep up with me here, it's super easy. Just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and all those links are there as well. So all of you D-heads, with that out of the way, let's jump into the news hot off the D-wire. And how about getting a little goofy, as Chef Goofy is bringing a dash of Disney magic to the California capital, celebrating Disney's California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Yes, young Sacramento chefs in training joined Chef Goofy this week in the Disneyland Resort Chef Moises Carranza and Disneyland Resort Ambassador Alexa Garcia and they were preparing treats on the west lawn of the California State Capitol building. And Goofy and Chef Moises will be returning to Disney California Adventure Park in Anaheim for the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Now, it is running this weekend, March 10th through April 16th, and it offers a rich menu of daily culinary demonstrations and tastings, celebrity chefs, and a complimentary junior chef experience for all kids ages 3 to 11 years old. Now, celebrity chefs scheduled to appear at the festival include Guy Fieri, Robert Irving, Kat Cora, Duff Goldman, Emily Ellen, Keegan Gerhardt, and many others. Now, the festival offers wine, beer, and spirit seminars, as well as more than a dozen festival marketplaces, offering delectable fare and ideal compliments for much of your food and more. Now, they are going to have a variety of different things. Like I said, this is much like the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, except it is taking place in California, I guess, the easiest way to put it. Now, if you want to find out more about this, just go to Disneyland.com slash food and wine. And guests at the Disneyland Resort are also celebrating the return of the Main Street Electrical Parade now through June 18th as well. So it's a double dose. You get food, you get wine, and the Electrical Parade. 
definitely check out more about this at Disneyland.com slash food and wine. Now, moving along here, let's get into Pandora and the world of Pandora and Animal Kingdom. And as much as many of you know that it's a highly debated thing. Is Pandora good? Is it bad? Do people really want it? No one's sure yet where they lie. Well, I do, but I'm not going to put my opinions on you. But Disney is releasing details on Pandora restaurants. Now, the countdown continues to the opening of Disney's Avatar-themed Pandora, and details became available on the Walt Disney World website regarding the section's two eateries. Now, Pandora, the world of Avatar, and its restaurants will open in Disney's Animal Kingdom on May 27th. From a fast casual restaurant, Satu Lil Canteen promises an international-inspired health-conscious menu with wholesome grains, fresh vegetables, and hearty proteins. Now, according to the backstory, as I put it, and if you couldn't see, I put air quotes in here for that, the restaurant is owned and operated by Alpha Centauri Expeditions. It'll be located between Avatar Flight of Passage and the Navi River Journey. Now, Pangu Pangu, a drink stand run by an expat who fell in love with Pandora, will offer adult beverages. They include bioluminescent frozen cocktails and indigenous beers. For those in need of food, it has a sweet snack that you won't find elsewhere that they said, and it will be available. Now, Pangu Pangu, or called Party Party, in the Navi language, will be inside Wind Traders, a souvenir store. Now, these are just a couple of the restaurants that are getting released as part of the world of Avatar in Animal Kingdom, as I said, kicking off on May 27th. Now, if you want to find out more about this, definitely stay tuned on the official Walt Disney World website, where you can find more about all these eats, treats, and more. And I myself, I'm not that excited for Pandora, but come on, I can't turn down bioluminescent frozen cocktails. Or maybe I just like saying the word bioluminescent haven't decided yet. Now, since we are talking about expansions and many other things like that, let's go into the other expansion. Yes, you know where I'm going. Into a galaxy far, far away as Disney Parks Star Wars expansions are going to put visitors in the First Order Resistance battle. Now, the new Star Wars expansions at Disneyland in Anaheim, California and the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando are going to put visitors in the middle of a battle between the Resistance and the First Order. Now, during this last Wednesday shareholder meeting, Disney Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Bob Iger called the 14-acre expansion at each park a jaw-dropping experience for visitors. Now, Disney has released artist renderings of the new attractions, showing a wooded land, dotted with towering spires, doomed buildings, and more, as well as shores on the river or a lake. Now, although the images may resemble scenes from last year's movie Star Wars Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Disney officials said the expansions won't depict scenes from Rogue One. They would not offer any more details other than saying Rogue One, it is solely between the Resistance and the First Order. Now, Bob Iger said the expansion will put visitors in an epic battle between the First Order and the Resistance and will allow guests to pilot the Millennium Falcon and many other things. Now, this construction of this new area is over one billion dollars in the expansion as part of Disneyland and Walt Disney World and it is set to open in 2019. Now I know everybody is excited for this about as excited as they were for Harry Potter land to come to Universal Orlando. I know I said the bad words Universal but this is really exciting. They did get their first sneak peek and also at the shareholders meeting they also got their first sneak peek at a few key scenes from the movie already. That is what we have heard so far. So if you were a shareholder at that meeting, you got to see some of episode eight. Yes. So pretty exciting there as well. Now, moving away from expansions and parks and all those kind of fun things, how about Disney wanting Jared Leto for the Tron reboot? Now, everybody knows that here on this show, the D team, including Nathan, Aaron, myself, 
We love Tron. Yep, Jason, we all love Tron. It, Tron is something that's huge here. But according to The Hollywood Reporter this last week, Disney is in early stages of developing a Tron reboot and are eyeing Academy Award winner Jared Leto for the lead of the cast. Now, as they said, now, this isn't going to be a sequel, but it's not going to be a full reboot. It's going to be kind of different, with the key character being somebody that was supposed to appear in Tron 3, the canceled movie. Now, grossing just over $400 million worldwide, the Tron Legacy had a great time, I guess, a great run for people that really wanted to see it, but Disney couldn't justify the budget of $170 million, mainly because, let's look at it, when you have Marvel and Star Wars topping billions and billions of dollars, it makes it seem like, why waste our money in this when we have a for sure thing there? Now, this is a great concept that I am really excited for. I mean, even if it's a reboot or something like that, I just want to see the world of Tron come alive right away again. Do I think Jared Leto is the key person for this? I'm not sold on that yet. I'm not sure. But Tron may be coming to the screens once again. Now, moving aside here, let's get into some decorative things that have to do with movies. And how about Swarovski bringing Crystal Enchantment to Disney's spectacular new Beauty and the Beast? Now, celebrating one of the most beloved tales ever told, as they say, Disney's Beauty and the Beast will hold its world premiere coming on March 17th as it's hitting theaters then. Now, it is going to be a stunning, cinematic, great movie. It is a live-action adaptation, and if it is as good as The Jungle Book was, I am really excited for this. Now, Swarovski has manufactured a glass bell jar based on Disney's original design, and it provided the 2,160 crystals used on the Academy Award-winning costume designer's dress for Belle's iconic yellow dress in the film. Now, as they have released, these crystals were important additions to the prince's costume and Belle's yellow dress. For the prince, crystals were a key element in creating the 18th century coat. For the character to be wearing this coat covered in sparkling stones seemed to be the perfect way to represent his opulence. Now, for Belle, the crystals were part of a wardrobe that was the finishing touch to this yellow gown to make it spectacular marvelous and magical. Now, Academy Award-winning set decorator Katie Spencer flew to Swarovski's headquarters in Austria to work with the company's master cutters to manufacture the Bell Jar, based on Disney's original design. Now, they said working with Swarovski was an incredible experience, something new and unique. Their crystals bring that extra touch of magic, especially to the beauty and the centerpiece that is the Bell Jar. Now, this is fantastic. If you want to find out more about this, I'm going to try to spell it for you as much as I don't like this, but I don't like to spell things here on the show as much, but it is going to be in stores and online, and it is at www.atelierswarovski.com. And if you can't remember that, we do have a full write-up on our official website at disradio.com. Now, Moving here and keeping the show going right along is I think I'm on a little bit of a s'more high here. How about John Stamos? Yes, we all know him from Full House, Fuller House, and many other things. It's John Stamos, it's Uncle Jesse, and of course, somebody like me who does love watching Scream Queens. He was fantastic in this last season with Jamie Lee Curtis. But aside from my horror love, aside from Disney, how about John Stamos saying he's the Prince Eric to his girlfriend, Caitlin McHugh's Ariel, 
during a romantic Walt Disney World adventure. Yes, as The View was filming all week long at the Walt Disney World Resort, John Stamos and Caitlin McHugh made their happiest place on Earth a bit more romantic. The Fuller House star and longtime girlfriend recently enjoyed some alone time during a visit to the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando over this last weekend. Now, John and Caitlin couldn't help but get in the Disney spirit by dressing up as Prince Eric and Princess Ariel from the beloved animated classic The Little Mermaid. Now, what ensued was more than a handful of perfect picture moments that everybody put together and they placed on Instagram on Sunday. As John Stamos has said, I will be a Prince Eric to your Ariel any time. So, just a little bit of fun here, just tossing it out. I'm not really one to follow celebrities around the parks, but come on, when you can dress up as a prince and, you know, be that Prince Eric to your Ariel, come on, you gotta do it. So, all of you heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here because we have a lot of fun things on the horizon. We are getting ready for the over-the-top, the excited, the hyper, Tessa Netting, yes, Hazel, from Disney Channel's Bunked, stopping in here as she's going to take us to Camp Kikiwaka with all kinds of fun. We also have the D-Team here with Aaron, Paige, Dominic, and Cody, all stopping in here with their signature segments, with answering questions, music for your ears, short leashes, and Hollywood walks, and so much more. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. Now, Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free booking agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation for your Walt Disney World experience. They also offer bilingual agents to help you with that barrier and language gap and they treat you like family. Open arms, big hugs, they're going to walk you through the process as if they were your mom, your dad, your brother, your aunt, your uncle. Pick the family member that you trust the most. They're going to do it. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, it is time to release the reins to the D-Team. Continue on and get ready for Tessa Netting from Disney Channel's Bunked to be stopping in here very shortly. So let's press on for the week of March 9th, 2017. And I'll be right back, all of you D-Heads. Take it away, team. Looks like we're here. <laughs> 
everybody else. <laughs> oh, hi, Toby. Okay, Tapper, grab your gear. Grab your gear. Everybody ready? Get in line. Get in line. Don't you love to go camping? Through the woods we'll go a tramping. Oh, hey, where are you going? Hey, Goofy. Whoa. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice behind the characters Goofy, Pluto, and many of your other Disney favorites. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Slow down and get away from it all. In a place where the great outdoors take center stage. This is Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. This outdoor lover's paradise is located in the Magic Kingdom Resort area of Walt Disney World Resort. Even though you'll feel like you're far, far away, the truth is you're pretty close to the magic. With a water taxi from Magic Kingdom, it's easy to head back to the resort for some outdoor fun. The Meadow Swimming Pool has a corkscrew water slide and a kid's water play area while the Tri-Circle D Ranch offers a variety of trail rides through the beautiful wilderness. Or maybe head out on the water for a day of canoeing, boating, and fishing. You can even slow things down with a bike ride on a quiet nature trail. After your day of adventure, head back into the woods to a campsite able to accommodate everything from tents to luxury RVs, or enjoy a quaint cabin complete with a full kitchen, perfect for larger parties. Hungry for more? You have lots of choices, like the Hoop-de-Doo Musical Review, a hilarious high-spirited hoot nanny paired with a finger-licking countrified feast the whole family will enjoy, or Mickey's Backyard Barbecue. Dance with Mickey, Minnie, and friends at this foot-stomping buffet. Later, gather up the family for Chip and Dale's campfire sing-along. You can even enjoy the Magic Kingdom fireworks and the electrical water pageant every night from the white sand beach along Bay Lake. Explore the great outdoors in a new way in the magic that is Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. This weekend, my son will be doing his last Piwa Derby races in Cub Scouts. He's competing at district races, so wish us luck, D-Heads. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Frank Heather of North Carolina, and he writes, Diz Radio, 
I have a question for Aaron, and I want to know part of the show. My question is about camping at Disney World. How long have you been able to camp on the grounds? Are there any restrictions like do you have to be in a trailer or pop-up, or can you tent it? Are there any fun benefits to camping there? Well, I love this area of Walt Disney World. I think it'd be really fun to camp there one day. Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground officially opened on November 19, 1971. There are 800 campsites for both tent camping and trailer camping, and 409 cabins. The resort hosts two dinner shows, the Hoopty Doo Musical Review and Mickey's Backyard Barbecue. A buffet at the trails and a restaurant is also among the resort's dining options. I've been to all of these and I highly recommend all of them. There's also Crockett's Tavern that features adult beverages and snacks such as pizza and nachos. They also have two trading posts, the Settlement Trading Post and the Meadow Trading Post for souvenirs, camping supplies, and food. The resort features playgrounds, volleyball sand courts, basketball courts, and two heated swimming pools. Other activities include fishing, pony rides, horse-drawn wagon rides, and horseback riding. A 2.3-mile paved and sand exercise trail extends from the pony farm to the Wilderness Lodge. They also provide canoes, kayaks, bikes, and tennis rackets to rent at the bike barn. You can make reservations to be taught archery and go horseback riding. And there are two arcades on site. The campground also features Campfire Sing-Along with Chip and Dale. The characters sign autographs and pose for pictures. Two fire pits are available for roasting marshmallows and making s'mores. Following the sing-along, a Disney children's movie is shown on an outdoor screen. Also at night, the electrical water pageant passes the beach and marina. And one other thing, it's not really an attraction, but I always thought it'd be fun to rent one of the golf carts and explore around the resort. Well, our next question is from Kevin Skaminski of Chicago, and he writes, Aaron and the D-Team, I have a question for you. I'm a young D-Head, as you put it, so I'm not as well-rounded of a Disney fan just yet, but getting there. I was wondering about filming at the studios. I was never to the studios when it was what seems like the golden days of magic. So how many TV shows were actually filmed there? What was the Backlot Tour really like? How many animated movies were worked on there and which ones? Do they actually film at all there anymore? Thank you, oh show of knowledge. I call you that because you just don't sit around talking about your opinions, but edu educate us fans and make it fun. Well, the Walt Disney Company's original concept of the Disney MGM Studios was to operate as a television and motion picture production facility, as well as a theme park. In 1988, among the first feature-length movies filmed at the facility prior to its completion and opening as a theme park were Ernest Saves Christmas and Newsies. When the park opened in 1989, the studio production facilities housed two major components, the first of which was Walt Disney Feature Animation Florida, where Disney produced projects including Mulan, Lilo and Stitch, 
Brother Bear, and sequences from other 1990s, early 2000s Disney animated features. The second larger component was Walt Disney Studios Florida, which consisted of three sound stages used for Disney projects including the Disney Channel's Mickey Mouse Club, Teen Win, Loser Draw, and Adventures in Wonderland. Several third-party productions also used the studios, including Superboy, first season only from 1988 to 1989, the 88 to 89 season of MTV's Remote Control, Thunder in Paradise, a revival of Let's Make a Deal, special broadcast of Wheel of Fortune, airplane interior sequences for the feature film Passenger 57, and the Dooley and Pals show. Music videos, several tapings for World Championship Wrestling, and live broadcast of WCW Monday Nitro were also shot there. The Post Group had a Florida-based post-production facility located on the studio lot throughout the 90s. All these production and post-production facilities were constructed to be an integral part of the theme park's backstage studio tour as well. Disney management, including CEO Michael Eisner, downsized Disney's Florida operation by closing the animation studio, laying off personnel, and then moving the operations to the main animation studio in Burbank, California. Unfortunately, nothing is filmed there anymore. As far as the Backlot Tour, it used to be something special. The first incarnation of the Backlot Tour loaded at the former entrance to the magic of Disney animation. The original tour was far longer and more elaborate than the final version. The former tour originally drove through New York streets, streets of America. However, due to the surprise popularity of the park, New York Street was removed from the tour and made into a public walking space within the first few years of operation. After driving through New York Street, the tram drove to Catastrophe Canyon. After visiting the canyon, guests disembarked at the final tour's exit area, the area where Studio Catering Company restaurant and the adjacent shop stood until Streets of America closed, was originally a break area for guests before embarking on the second half of the backlot tour. This break area was expanded to include an area for kids to play called Honey I Shrunk the Kids Movie Set Adventure. The second half of the tour was a walking tour. It encompassed the water special effects tank and effects shop and the existing sound stages along Mickey Avenue and the sound stages that housed Walt Disney One Man's Dream and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Guests viewed the sound stages using overhead walkways. Just like New York Street, due to the overwhelming popularity of Disney's Hollywood Studios, former backlot areas were opened up to guests, the present-day Mickey Avenue and Southern Animation Courtyard. Are sure to miss the studios the way they used to be, but it looks like they're going in a good direction now. Well, our final question is from Tina H., and she writes, Question for the show and Aaron. Is there anywhere to find Gravity Falls on DVD or Blu-ray? I recently discovered this show and then found out it ended after two seasons. I found one DVD, but are the seasons out or can I find it anywhere? Help. 
Well, as longtime listeners of the show know, I love Gravity Falls. I was watching some reruns the other day. I hated to see it end. Luckily, you can pretty much catch most of the episodes on Disney XD. They run marathons all the time. However, both seasons can be purchased on digital download on Amazon. The only thing available right now on DVD is Disney Gravity Falls, Six Strange Tales, and Gravity Falls, Even Stranger. I am also hopeful that one day both seasons will be available on Blu-ray. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Guys, guys, you hear something? Dude, I don't know, man. This is it! This is it! What was that noise then? I heard a monster noise. Sweet! Beaver with a chainsaw! (sighs) This summer... Whoa! Disney Channel's taking you... Hello! To Gravity Falls. A mysterious town. Behold, zombie! Just north of normal. Go check it out. Bud Island. <laughs> Where the unexplained. Ah! What the heck is going on here? Will stay unexplained. <gasps> Monster hunt! Monster hunt! Or will it? In this town, anything is possible. <laughs> Ghosts. Zombies. Uh, could be months before we find our first clue. Take a trip. Now who wants to put on some blindfolds and get into my car? Yay! Wait, what? To Gravity Falls. Ah! A brand new series. Oh, dude! Don't lose your cameras. Wait, lose the camera? Don't! Dude, I just threw two away. <laughs> I'm always noticing weird stuff in this town. Coming this summer to Disney Channel. Now gather round, my possum pals, join the jamboree. Come hoot and howl and holler from the heart. And every chicken, pig, and goat will help by helping out a yodel here at Lester's Possum Park. Yodelay. Lester's Possum Park. Visit Beulah's Farm Fiddles, pin our alarmants, taste our vittles, Lulu's Lizard, Gizzard Pie's a work of art. Then do a dozy do and dance like there's a possum in your pants down at Lester's Possum Park. A hanging from a tree uh-huh. We're mighty glad to see you And the parking's always free Here at Lester's
in their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that Hazel's Guide to Life. Number four, friendship. Why didn't we stay friends? Because you made it so hard. More like impossible. Kind of like trying to swallow a porcupine whole. <laughs> you scared us with a fake snake. You tried to make us throw rocks at ducks. And you mangled loose thumbs. And you never once asked us what we wanted to do. I thought we were having fun. Every time I looked at Lou, she was giving me the two thumbs up. That's because they were in splits. <laughs> Hazel, real friendship cannot be so one-sided. You can't just order people around. But that's the only way I'm sure to get what I want! See more of Hazel in Bunked, only on Disney Channel. Who let the dogs out? Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you are new to this segment, a short leash isn't a wire-framed invisible dog from the Haunted Mansion. A shout-out to Diz Radio's own Jonathan for the short leash isn't for this week. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. On this week's tip, we'll talk about the pros and cons of buying a park hopping option for your short trip. To park hop or not to park hop? That is the question. It might seem like a no-brainer to purchase a park hopper ticket for your short trip to Walt Disney World, especially if you have less days for vacation than the number of park gates. If you're on a three-day trip without a park hopper ticket, what's going to get cut? The answer's simple. It's Animal Kingdom. Always cut Animal Kingdom. But that's not going to work because my son loves Animal Kingdom and my youngest can't wait to see the Magic Kingdom and my teenager's all about Hollywood Studios and us fogies want to go stroll around Epcot. So this is going to be the shortest segment in history. Buy a park hopper, right? Well, on a three-day trip for my family, the park hopper upgrade costs $399.35. So if I'm doing a full day at two of the parks and splitting one day at, say, Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom, I'm paying a huge upcharge when you consider that extra $400 on top. I mean, it's costing my family about $500 a day just to get through the gate on a short trip to begin with. If I'm only going to be park hopping one of those three days, which is not beyond the realm of possibilities since it may take you a full day or two to get through parks such as the Magic Kingdom, that one park hopper day is creeping up to almost a $1,000 adventure, and I don't like Animal Kingdom that much. I mean, fix the Yeti and maybe we'll talk. I did call Disney to see if it was possible to add park hopping to a single day. At the time, they said I could add park hopping to my final day when I got to the parks, which may be an avenue to pursue and further investigate. If I can tack on park hopping just on the day I was actually going to park hop, it may actually be worth the investment. We did not pursue that because my final day had issues other than money that were causing park hopping to become less of an attractive option. And those issues were fast passes and dining reservations. I would argue against making dining reservations on a short trip to begin with. It's a time killer, and it can act like handcuffs locking you into a location. You might have had time to jump parks and ride the Tower of Terror, but no, now you're sitting around waiting for your Tony Town Square pasta. Something that's a little bit more entertaining, but causes the same problems, are fast pass reservations. I mean, you might start the day at the Magic Kingdom, but then you might want to run the Epcot later on. But unfortunately, you scored a late morning fast pass for Space Mountain, an afternoon one for Big Thunder Mountain, and that evening fast pass for the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. 
That means you're not going to be hopping that day. And now the $133.12 my family added to our tickets for that day will go unused. Let's get uh, hashtag bring back my paper fast passes trending, people. There is a hidden cost of travel as well. If it takes an hour to leave one park, hop transportation, get through the gate, get into the next one, it could cost us $53 or more in lost park time. Just for the privilege of park hopping. Yeah, when I see those families who post those, check us out, we did four parks in one day YouTube videos, I'm thinking, well, that's a nice $160 of park time you spent right on a bus. And uh, we are just going to ignore episode 12, a certain cartoon Disney planning vlog where a family enters a park, rides one attraction, and leaves. We'll pretend that never happened. But park hopping is not all negative. In fact, I know a great reason to add park hopping to a short trip, and that is park hours. Instead of being a money drain, let's get some money back. Without park hopping, is it worth the money to spend a day at a park that closes early versus one that might stay open later? The weekend I'm recording this, both Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom are closing at 8pm, but the Magic Kingdom is open for another 4 hours. That's a lot of park time added to our day that we would have lost if we weren't able to park hop. Park hopping also gives you some flexibility when it comes to the unexpected, such as changes in weather. Some parks' enjoyability are more affected by weather than others. Be it the desire for shade on a sweltering day or the need to shelter from the rain during a central Florida downpour, the park hopping ability to jump ship and head to another park might be a good option to have if Mother Nature decides to throw some wrath your way. So like many things in life, there's some pros and there's some cons when deciding whether to add park hopping to your short trip. The decision to add park hopping is going to be very dependent on whether you believe you'll actually be able to take advantage of the benefits and think about your priorities and endurance. If you feel the advantages are worth the money and you know you'll be able to take advantage of those advantages, I dare say it'll be advantageous for you to go for it. Spending your Disney vacation money on perks that you'll actually use, well that's short leash people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, your own short leash tip, or even your own short leash isn't for the intro. You can send those to Dominic, that's D-O-M-E-N-I-C, at DizRadio.com. That's Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. First came the Magic Kingdom. Then the incredible Epcot Center. Now comes the new Disney MGM Studios theme park. Newsweek declares it fulfills Walt Disney's wildest dream. The new Disney MGM Studios theme park is mind-boggling new things to see and do. It's a dazzling new high-tech playground. The Disney MGM Studios theme park at Walt Disney World in Florida. Welcome, guests of nature, to the Little Ranger Nature Camp. We'll get along just fine. Now, here are forms to sign. Have you had chicken pox or mumps or ever had a stomach cramp? Inflate your lungs. Let's see your tongue. Say ah. Ah! Fine, fine. Is your clothing plainly marked? And did you bring a brush and comb? You should have left that bubble gum at home. Now let's all write a postcard and be sure it has a stamp. But make it clear you love it here at Little Ranger Nature Camp. Now here's your mop. Here's your broom. Clean every corner of your room. Stow your gear. Move your trunks. On the double, make your bunks. Pat your knapsacks. Look alert. Sew those emblems on your shirt. First aid kits are on the shelf. You must learn what to do if you hurt yourself. Fall out in uniform, everyone. 
Say, aren't we having loads of fun? <laughs> and now for our first activity. We're off upon a nature hike with miracles of life to see. Perhaps we may unfold some secrets that they hold. We'll learn their nomenclature as we study every bird and tree. Examine weeds with fluffy seeds and squirrels that can fly. My! We'll see spiders spin their webs. We'll listen to a bullfrog crawl while carefully avoiding poison. Oh! No joke. And if you're filled with wonder, as in nature's world we tramp, well, we encourage questions at the Little Ranger Nature Camp. Have you seen beavers hard at work? Or ever watched an otter slide? And do you know how beehives look inside? Uh -uh. Then let's explore all forms of life wherever they appear. Now first, we'll take up insects. And we might as well begin right here. Hey, this is Luke Edwards from Newsies, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hazel's Guide to Life. Number two, winning. Ha! I win again in your face! <laughs> Congratulations! You beat us at ping pong and foosball. And thumb wrestling. Hey, I stopped when I heard the cracking noise. See more of Hazel in Bunked, only on Disney Channel. Places, everybody, this is a tape. What is that? And one, two, two. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Well, all right, all you D-heads, it's that time again. It is time to learn a little bit more about this week's special guest. And with us, as you have already heard and found out, we have none other than Tessa Netting here with us today. It's gonna to be very exciting. She's full of lots of energy. She's fun, she's quirky, and she is just your average goofball. Now, most of us Disney fans would recognize her from the TV series of Bunked, but she's been in so much more. And if you're a big YouTuber, if you like subscribing to videos and everything of that nature, she has her own YouTube channel, which has got over 200,000 subscribers and has over 8 million views. So on that note, I'm going to dive right in here and we're going to get to know Tessa just a little bit better before she meets up with Jonathan in just a few short minutes. Tessa got her love of acting in high school where she got her lead role in the school's production of Seussical as a freshman. One year later, she was cast in her first professional production, Mrs. Bob Cratchit's Wild Christmas Binge at Bristol Riverside Theater. In November of 2007, she went to the open call of Billy Elliot, the musical, without an equity card or an agent. Five callbacks later she was cast as Susan Parks, the spastic starfish, which suits her just well if you've seen her in Bunked or any of her YouTube
YouTube videos, she's got that personality that just fits for something that's just wild and crazy. The Spastic Starfish was one of the 11 original ballet girls in Broadway's Billy Elliot. She beat out 1,500 girls for the coveted role. After landing that role, she decided she was done with high school and she left her senior year. She packed up from Pennsylvania and moved to New York City. Billy Elliot the Musical was a 10-time Tony Award-winning musical, and it was an experience that she will never forget. She did the show on Broadway for over a thousand shows, and it also provided her with opportunities to get involved in charity work. She left Billing knowing it was just the beginning of her career. Shortly after that, she started her own YouTube channel. It's Tessa Rocks TV. So it's Tessa in all lowercase, and then it's Rocks, R-O-X-X, -X, all capitalized, TV. And she became quickly nationally known for fusing Broadway and pop culture into her parodies that she has. Her first video called Hello Harry Potter, Book of Mormon Parody, went viral and it landed her articles in Forbes, New York Magazine, The Huffington Post, Sci-Fi, CBS, NBC, and on and on and on. She would eventually move to Los Angeles to expand and utilize her talents, and she's been on recurring roles on both Nickelodeon and Glee, and she has also been on Bunked. She played Hazel on Bunked, who, again, is just this wild and quirky and fun, and sometimes, I guess you would say, maybe a little, um, let's just use the word interesting on how she approaches life. She's got some fun takes on it. If you go on YouTube and if you just kind of searched up uh, Hazel on Bunked, she's got her tips on life, which is pretty funny to see some of those. She was also in the TV series Inappropriate Parents. She was in the Peanuts movie in 2015, which I'm a huge Peanuts guy myself. Grew up watching it as a kid, so Peanuts is still around and it's great to see that. Kids are still getting some Charlie Brown. That's good to see, so she was part of that. She also was in the Descendants TV movie where she was a student, so she was uncredited, unfortunately, but she is in there. She also appeared in a episode of Glee, which I'm sure a lot of people know what Glee is. Huge show, uh, and it was a fun show. My wife watched it a lot and um, kind of got me into it, and I liked it. I liked what they did with the show, taking all your favorite hits and uh, turning it into Glee hits, and they did a very nice job of them. Tessa obviously is just starting out in her career. She's got a long time ahead of her, and the future is looking extremely bright for this young star. If you notice, if you do go on to her YouTube channel, you'll notice she has a lot of Harry Potter videos on there, and that's obviously for a reason. She's a huge Harry Potter geek, I guess you would say, and not only that, but she just adores Luna Lovegood from the films and the books, and that's just amazing, because I'm not huge into Harry Potter. My wife is. She's a huge Harry Potter nut, and her favorite character as well was Luna Lovegood. She just got a wand, you know, Luna Lovegood's wand from Disney World my sister picked up for her, so she's all excited about that. Uh, she's hoping to meet her also at the C2E2 convention in Chicago next month. So it's kind of neat that this week's special guest has actually got a lot in common with my wife, actually, if you stop and think about it. so. But she's huge into Harry Potter, so if you as well are a huge fan of Harry Potter, then you should definitely go over and check out her YouTube channel. Not only that, but check out the other videos she's got. She's got some funny parodies in there. She's just got that personality and that style that just fits for what she's doing and the roles that she's been playing. So it's going to be extremely fun and exciting to see where Tessa goes throughout her career. And with that, I am going to release the reins over to Jonathan and we are going to find out what Tessa has in store for all of us in the future. So D-Heads, I leave you with that. Have yourself a great weekend, D-Heads. We will see you next time. Don't forget, you can always email me at Cody, C-O-D-Y, at DizRadio.com and get ready because Tessa Netting is coming up with Jonathan right after this. Have a great one, D-Heads.
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that you see on the computer, as well as on the in your TV, in your living room, passing them on with friends and family. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to everything from literature, Harry Potter, YouTube, as well as Disney Channel's Bunked. We have none other than Tessa Netting here. Welcome to Disney On demand. Hi, it's so fun to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, you are always full of so much energy, so much fun. Everybody loves you on Bunked, as well as your YouTube channel, which always continues to make everybody smile, laugh, especially with the 2016 year in review. But the one thing I love to lead off with here, and all of our listeners know I'm going to go down this route, is what led you down the road of acting first? Oh, wow. What a question. Um, Actually, I never really wanted to be an actor. What I wanted to be was a dancer. I grew up dancing. Uh, my mom, uh, she has her doctorate in dance, so she's so cool. And she opened a dance studio for me and my sister uh, when we were growing up. So she kind of taught us how to dance. And it was very, like, because she was so passionate about it, we were so passionate about it, me and my sister. So... I just grew up in this dance studio, always wanting to be a dancer. And then I sort of discovered musical theater in high school. And so that kind of brought me um, into this whole new world of acting on stage. And I was um, on Broadway. So that kind of put me into the acting world. But I didn't think I would ever be like an actor on television, on just, you know, Disney, it was, it was a dream of mine, but I never, I never thought that it could ever happen. So, um, actually YouTube kind of brought me out to Los Angeles and started, um, it sort of led me into this whole new world that I didn't even know that I wanted, but now that I'm here, it's just so much fun. So I'm so lucky to be a part of such a fun show and such, um, just like the energy on the show, the atmosphere the atmosphere, um, all the kids and the cast is such like a family like environment. I just, I just love going to work and it's, I'm just so blessed. I can't complain at all. And I'm doing exactly what I would love to be doing. And it's just cool that like dancing to Broadway to TV. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then YouTube, of course, is in there as well. (laughs) Yes, that is my story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, you know, it's one of those, it's one thing led to the next and led to the next and it kept going. And of course, since you did bring up Bunked already, you know, and of course, all of our listeners, they do love the show. It's a great fun, you know, pretty much a sequel to Jesse. Now, I, you know, I grew up, I love, you know, camping and going to camp and things like that. So I love the premise of the show. Now, when you landed the role and knowing that you were going to be on a Disney Channel series, knowing that all Disney Channel series end up going through the roof. I guess, uh, how excited were you knowing that you're going to be part of this? And did you love the idea of being a camp counselor? Oh, I was so excited. It was one of those things I grew up, of course, watching Disney Channel, like Lizzie McGuire and That's the Raven and Boy Meets World. Like all of these shows I just loved watching. So being able to be a part of it 
was just so exciting. And it was definitely when I came out to L.A., I'm like, you know what would be the best would be to just be on Disney Channel. Like, that'd be so cool. So <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely, like, honestly a dream come true when I got the part. And then being able to be, like, the mean girl, like, the villain, ah, I wouldn't want anything else. It's so much fun to be the villain. It's so fun to be mean. <laughs> like, it's just so fun to be something that's so opposite from yourself, you know, that's when you get to really have fun acting. And I always thought that, like, being the villain is just, it's so much more fun. So I'm so lucky that I get to just dive into Hazel's character, all of her quirkiness, all her, like, obsessions about, like, Xander and her physicality. She's always just, like, jumping around, getting into all this mayhem. So it's a blast. Are you kidding me? It's just, ugh. So when I found out, I was over the moon excited. I couldn't wait to start. And, you know, I've heard of Jesse before, so I, like, I was looking it up, and it just, like, the kids, the three um, main kids, like Sky and Peyton and Karen, they just seemed, they were such pros already that I just couldn't, I couldn't wait to work with them on this new show. So I was very excited. Well, you know, and like you said, too, you got to be the villain, which always makes it fun because, like you said, it's you don't have to be the straight person. You get to be the one that's causing the trouble, getting in the mischief, being over the top. Now, with your character, being Hazel on the show, it reminds me a lot of uh, much of the sketch comedy from Saturday Night Live and those kind of things. Uh, is there is there any one thing that Hazel does that you actually just love doing? Oh, man, just Hazel's character in general to me was always very Harley Quinn-esque. That's kind of who I based <laughs> her off of with the pigtails obsessing over a boy and being just, like, mean because of that boy that she's obsessed with. It's very Harley Quinn. So that's kind of, like, what I thought of when I was being – even her voice is, like, nasally, a little, like, annoying. And it's – because I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge, like, uh fan of just a lot of geeky stuff. So when I – heard about Hazel's character I came into the first audition wearing pigtails and it was just sort of like I created her from there like it all started with the pigtails and then her like quirky fashion and her quirky character it just sort of came out of that sense of being like Harley Quinn and being really obsessed and really in love and just obsessed with this boy so it was just it branched off from there, and I just, I love being here. It's so fun. It's, there's never a boring scene with Hazel. <laughs> well, you know, and I would have to attest to that, too. It's, you know, she's always adding the fun, the controversy, and the energy in a scene. Now, with that energy, and this show continues to be very popular on Disney Channel, of course, um, is there any one episode to date that was your absolute favorite to film, whether that was the storyline or just the hijinks that went on behind the camera? Is there one that stands out where you're like, that was the best day on set? Probably one of the best days was, um, I think it was the end of season one. We filmed this episode called Bride and Doom. And in it, I, uh, Hazel gets married to Xander. They have to like have this whole wedding ceremony in order to um, get rid of this ghost who's haunting Camp Kikiwaka. And um, so the ghost is related to Hazel and the ghost like never got to be with their love. So Hazel is now marrying Xander to appease this ghost and make the ghost go away. So I had to wear this like really poofy, ugly, obnoxious wedding dress. And it was so funny and so fun. And my mom 
was actually on set with me that day, and she just would not stop making fun of me. Just being, <laughs> being like, you know what they say, the first dress you try on is the dress that you wear to your wedding. I'm like, mom. <laughs> so everyone was just sort of like making fun of me wearing this obnoxious wedding dress. But oh my gosh, it was it was so fun to film because I had to go through the woods, like we had to chase this ghost, and I had to like marry, marry Kevin, marry Xander, and it was just so funny, and we were all just laughing, because Peyton had a puffy dress on, I had this puffy dress on, so we were just like cracking jokes, jokes the whole time about our dresses, and about just what we were doing, you know, how we had to run around and do all this stuff wearing these dresses, so that was a really fun memory. Another one was just, um, Whenever we get, like, with Bungs, we get a lot of animal actors on the show, so it's always so fun to just, like, interact with these animals. And in one of the episodes, uh, Hazel gets this rat, <laughs> and she, like, there's this rat in the camp, and Hazel just kind of befriends it, so then it becomes her rat. So this rat had to, like, sit on my shoulder, and I had to, like, pet it and nuzzle it. But it was so funny because when we first started filming, there's like this trial scene and the rat's on my shoulder and I had to bang this gavel. But when I banged the gavel, the the rat got scared and it peed on me. It peed like down my back. So I had to like stay in the scene while this rat was like peeing on me. And then when I called cut, I'm like, I need, I need help. I need change. So that was just really, really. And the rat was so sweet. It was one of those things that, People were like, oh, aren't you disgusted of having to work with the rat? But the rat was so cute. So I really loved, like, the rats were so amazing. They had all these different skills. And just being able to work with animals and wear ridiculous clothes, those are my favorite days on set. So. <laughs> well, you know, and it's moments like that, too, that are always going to stick with you forever. And, of course, you know, with that and being part of this show and having things stick with you, of course, um, how often do you find yourself humming that jingle theme song in the beginning? Oh my gosh, all the time. It gets stuck in my head and we're all like on set. Sometimes we just start singing it or sometimes in the episode, like Kevin starts playing it on the guitar and then it gets stuck in our head and we all just, we don't even mean to and we're humming it. We're like, ah, here it goes. <laughs> because it's so catchy. It is. You can't even help it. It just gets into your head. Just kiki waka. So. It's, it's very fun. It's a very fun theme song, and it's a very fun show. Very campy, so it fits it perfectly. And with that, before we move on to some other things, of course, um, you know, with Bunked and its popularity, um, how often are you out and about and all of a sudden people are either mobbing you or talking to you or you have that over-the-top fan who wants to be Hazel? <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of the young, young, young kids, when they come up to me, they're nervous because they think that I'm going to be mean. And I'm like, no, I'm not mean. And they, they ask me, like, are you Hazel? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, are you mean? And I'm like, no. <laughs> because they think it's real life. But I remember, you know, when I watched Disney Channel, I thought that Kate from Lizzie McGuire was mean in real life. So I totally get where they're coming from. So I just want to let everyone know, all these little kids, that I'm not mean. I promise. Just Hazel is not me. But um, so that's always funny when little kids come up to me and they're so nervous because they think I'm going to be mean to them. And some of them want me to be mean. They're like disappointed when I'm not mean. So then sometimes I'll yell at them and then they'll be happy. <laughs> they'll be like, can you say something mean or can you say something like say that you're in love with Xander? And then I'll say it like in Hazel's weird voice and then they'll like giggle and laugh and run away. <laughs> 
the best. <laughs> Things like that too, like you said, where you know they are really impressionable and they think that you're going to be mean, but find out you're not. But in the end, it's it's those are the things that are going to stick with them. And of course, like you said, playing the villain is always the most fun. Now, of course, aside from Bunked and being part of this fantastic series, you also are doing a lot of other things. Like you said, Broadway, dancing, and of course, your YouTube channel, which I have to say, the 2016 song, you know, it, it had me laughing pretty hard there. What made you want to, you know, continue on with the... Well, what made you want to continue on with uh, a YouTube channel and, of course, doing these uh, year-in-review songs because the 2016 one was really good? <laughs> Well, it's funny because I started doing my first YouTube video I ever did was um, a 2010 year in review. And ever since then, I did a year in review every single year. So it's kind of something that I like doing not only for myself to remind myself what happened that year. I go back and I watch my year in reviews and just like, wow, that happened then? You know, you forget. You forget all the stuff that happens in the, all the stuff like in culture and um, just all these events, they all get blurred. And then when you watch, like, this is what happened this year, this is what happened in, like, a creative way, it kind of just, like, brings you back and you're just in that year again. So that was really one of the reasons why I, I made them in the first place. It was just for me, but then people really enjoyed them. So I was like, oh, great. So now other people can enjoy them too. Um, so that was the reason why I really started doing those year interviews. And they're one of my favorite videos to make. I, I do them every year and it's just, oh, it just, it's hard because, um, throughout the year, I'm always like making notes of things that I should put in it. So if I see something just like <laughs> it that's trending or something that's in the media, then I'll like make a little note. And then at the end, I'll like go through all my notes and I'll ask people like what was something that stood out to you this year. And then I'll try to put it all together in some sort of you know, either with a, as a parody with a song that was popular, something that was popular that year, or do an original song, something like that. Um, but those are always really fun for me to do, and I'm really passionate about doing them. Uh, the rest of my channel is um, it's geek related. It's um, it's a place where nerds and geeks can come and just be, it's a safe space for you to fangirl. So if you love Harry Potter, if you love Doctor Who, or Sherlock or any sort of fandom related topic like Star Wars it's a place where I like talking about those things and having discussions and it's more like when people say that they're fans of my YouTube channel they're not really fans I'm sort of trying to build a community of nerds of geeks of girls of people that really want to talk about what they love and aren't afraid to show that they love these geeky things because it wasn't always cool to be a geek. Now it's kind of sort of cooler in culture. But when I was a kid and I was obsessed with Harry Potter, like nobody understood me. I didn't have anyone to talk to. Like the internet wasn't really a thing. So now that the internet is running and it's a place where we can all be connected and just share our love for these fandom so it's it's really my little place of my little corner of the internet that I go to my little community of nerds and I just love it so much it's something that brings me so much joy and it brings me just you know whenever I meet someone that has watched my YouTube videos we can instantly 
start up a conversation because they'll come up to me and be like, Tessa, Tessa, I watched your video and it made me read Harry Potter. And then we'll just start talking about Harry Potter. You know, we have a shared love, a shared interest for these things. So it's just so wonderful. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things too where, you know, being a geek was it wasn't fully accepted. I mean, I myself, I'm one of those kind of people where I'm going to C2E2 and all the nerd cons as well. So, you know, but, you know, and one of the things that you do love, of course, is Harry Potter. And of course, Luna Lovegood is also one of those important characters in your life because there is, well, you know, there's a little bit of similarity there sometimes, I feel. But I guess with that, you know, you're also doing a lot of great things for charity and so much more, you know, based around that character. Can you let us know a little bit more about that? Yes, yes, I would love to. So just in the past week, um, it was Luna Lovegood's birthday on February 13th. So on that day, um, I launched a charity that I created with my friend Day, and it's called Luna for Lumos. And it's partnered with Lumos, J.K. Rowling's charity, which helps end, which wants to help end the institutionalization of children. So it's sort of taking orphans and putting them into loving family homes. And um, my char- my sort of charity is in Luna Lovegood's name. So Luna is a character in Harry Potter that's very accepting, very giving, very open, has an open mind and an open heart. So we wanted to honor her character, and we thought it would be perfect. And so we contacted Lumos, and they were really excited about it. So now we have this charity, this CrowdRise campaign. And if you just look up hashtag Luna for Lumos, if you look it up, then you can find our little page. And it's been going great so far. We've already raised over uh, $2,000. So we're just just all for charity. It's all for giving in a time where, you know, some things can be really dark and people can feel discouraged. It's a way to give back and a way to um, spread some love and light. So whenever I can do that, it's, it's the best. So if you want to join us, then please look up Luna for Lumos. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where it is going for good. And of course, you know, like your latest uh, video that was part of this charity project. I mean, you're at over, you know, 32,000 views of this, like you said, raising almost $2,000. And doing charity and good things like this is nothing new to you because, you know, you did videos as well, you know, even a couple years ago, 2015, just you know, asking people if they needed something to brighten their day and things like that. And, you know, those continue to be, you know, I guess staples where I think people come to realize, you know, Tessa cares about me. Even if you don't know them personally, it's one of those things where it feels like you're reaching out to them and they have a place to go. And how does that feel knowing that you're connecting with so many people? Oh, my goodness. It's the best feeling in the world. It's any way that I can give back to people that have done so much for me, it's just, it's the least that I can do. And so I do this thing called the Lumos Project, and it's where if any of my followers, any of anyone who follows me on Twitter, on Instagram, if they feel like they're having a bad day or if they feel like um, something happened to them and they need someone to talk to or they're just feeling down, then to tweet me with the hashtag Lumos, and I I respond to at least one person every day and I direct message them and we talk through it. And just honestly having someone to talk to and being able to reach out and help people personally, it's, it's so rewarding and it's so, um, it just brings me connected and brings me closer to these, these fans of mine that mean so much to me because they've done so much for me. Like I can, it's the least that I can do for them. So just helping out in whatever way I can. That's why I love 
volunteering. I love doing charity. I love giving back because it's the best feeling in the world. I'm honestly in the root of my heart. I'm just a Christmas elf, so I just love giving. So <laughs> any way that I can do that is the best. <laughs> well, I guess that's the easiest way to put it there. You know, it's always a good way to give back and, of course, play this role in people's lives and, and all these great things. Now, I guess coming full circle, of course, um, you know, we did have a couple of uh, of our listeners' questions, and they had a couple of things to ask you. And one person had asked here, um, they were watching your original YouTube video announcing that you were going to be part of Bunked. Now, did you have an instant connection with the entire cast? And is it like one big family on set? Well, yes, it, it totally is like one big family. It's really funny because on the first day that we were just walking to um, the table read, our first table read, when we were all meeting each other for the first time, um, I was walking like behind Karen and his family and he came up to me and he's like, I totally thought you were Haley Williams because of your like short blonde hair. You were the coolest. I'm like, stop, you're the coolest. And so it's one of those things where um, everyone is just so friendly, so nice. Peyton is honestly, like, the sweetest girl that I've ever met in my life. She is so welcoming, brings everyone together, and just makes everyone feel at home and feel like they can just, you know, just be themselves in that sort of environment. And Kevin and Miranda, they... They are so funny. They are so, um, they're just pros. Like all these kids, all working with them, being with them, just, it's a great energy. It's a great time on set. Like, I'm trying to think, like, it's just so amazing being with, like, Sky, who plays Zuri. She is just, her sense of fashion and her sass, her attitude, she is, uh, she's just the best. I'm just, honestly, I'm obsessed with every single person. <laughs> in the cast they make me feel right at home they um they love me for the nerd that I am <laughs> they always are just like you know it's so funny because we all um I kind of like introduced Harry Potter into the cast a little bit like I made sure everyone got sorted and everyone got their Hogwarts house and so we were all talking about that and it was just you know we do all these fun little things together and we would like have dinner breaks together. We would play games. We would do all this stuff. So when I made that sort of YouTube video announcing, we had already um, been shooting, you know, for a couple of weeks. So we were already really close. So it was really fun to be able to shoot that video with all of them and just kind of another reason why I love um, shooting these YouTube videos is it's kind of like a little time capsule. So this was just a little time capsule of all of um, the memories of Bunked and all, like, the memories with these people. So it was a way for me to be like, this was a cool thing that I was in, and these were the memories that, that came with that, and these are the people that were a part of that, and this is the sort of joy that we experienced while we were on set. So it was just, it's the, be it's the best experience being in it, and I couldn't ask for a better cast, honestly. No divas. <laughs> Not one. Well, you know, and one more question here from a listener, too, is because they love camp Kiki Waka, do you have any Kiki Waka t-shirts that you just sport around at home? <laughs> yeah, we do. We, they've given us some cool um, Kiki Waka stuff, stuff that has the logo on it. They gave us this really warm fleece vest and this cute um, hoodie. So I wear I wear that stuff all the time. And it's funny because whenever I put it on, I just start singing the theme song again because it gets stuck in my head. 
<laughs> so you just see the Kiki Waka logo, and then you're just like, Kiki Waka, it's just in your head instantly. <laughs> you can't even help it. So, um, so yeah, it's great wearing the swag around, and it's just, I'm, again, really lucky to be in this position. Very thankful for all of it. Well, especially because when it does come to a Disney Channel show, it's one of those things where they go on forever. I mean, no matter what, people always go back to a Disney Channel show, and this is going to be one of those that's going to go down in the books as well. Now, you know, like you said earlier, you introduced much of the cast to Harry Potter. Now, as somebody who's read all the books myself and my daughter as well, I guess I look at it this way. Which one is your absolute favorite book? Because for me, it's Order of the Phoenix. Wow, that is a hard question. And I have multiple answers for different reasons. Like, I love the first book only because it brought me into that world. I've read it the most. It brings back that nostalgia factor of just becoming, you know, Harry is introduced to the Wizarding World and I was introduced to the Wizarding World. So that first book... Whenever I start, honestly, when I read the first paragraph, I almost start crying because I can't. It's just so magical. It just brings <laughs> you right back into it. So that that is one of my favorites just because of the nostalgia factor. I love Order of the Phoenix because that is the introdu- introduction of Luna. And that kind of, it, it's when the books start getting more dark and when they start getting more into, like, the battle with Voldemort. Like, that's actually happening, not just, like, you know, Voldemort. Is he alive? Is he not? You know, it's actually him coming back and then um, sort of realizing that it starts that sort of journey. And um, and also it's just more fun and it's, you know, seeing Order of the Phoenix. So that's a good one. It's so hard for me to choose. I don't know if I can choose. It's weird because, <laughs> it's like, like all the different it's books like are like it. my children. <laughs> it's like asking a Disney fan, what's your favorite animated movie? Right, exactly. You're like, how am I supposed to choose? Like, I can't choose between my children. I can't choose between these books. I can't, I can't choose. So I'm not, I'm not going to choose. I'll just say the first one because of the nostalgia factor. I'll just say that. But I love them all very, very much. Even the last one when there's a lot of camping. I love that one as well. Well, you know, and with this too, of course, you know, aside from, uh, I guess, Harry Potter and Bunked and things like that and whatnot. Now, when it comes to, you know, things and I guess, like you said, you're kind of a geek on the side and things like that. Now, aside from Harry Potter, what would be your next favorite, I guess, geek couture kind of thing? Would it be Star Wars, Star Trek, or superheroes? Well, I mean... If we're talking, well, I mean, Disney is another one, just in general, you know, Disney animation. I'm a huge nerd when it comes to animation. I grew up loving Disney, you know, watching every cartoon. I grew up just being, like, obsessed with the princesses, obsessed with just, like, Pixar and Toy Story. So that's, like, another one. And I love Star Wars, so it's so cool that Star Wars is now in the Disney family. I've, I love Force Awakens. I'm really excited for the new movie that's coming out this year. Um, I can't wait any longer. I need to know, like, about The Last Jedi. I need to know. So I'm really pumped about that. Um, when it comes to Marvel, I love Marvel. I love Spider-Man, so I'm really excited for the new Spider-Man movie. It's actually really cool because the Spider-Man that's going to be the new Spider-Man, he was a Billy Elliot, 
in um in London and Billy Elliot was the show that I was in on Broadway so it's kind of like Billy Elliot plus Spider-Man it's going to be amazing and um in <laughs> Billy Elliot they have a lot of acro training so this kid is actually Tom Holland he's going to be doing a lot of his own stunts because he can do them so it's going to be so cool to see Spider-Man actually doing all these flips and stuff because he was a Billy Elliot so I'm very excited for that you know it's Honestly, sometimes it can be exhausting being a fan of all these things because so many amazing things are happening, so many amazing new shows. There's so much content, you know, you just want to watch it all. Um, but I got to say, like, Harry Potter, Disney, Star Wars, and probably Marvel, those are my faves. But there's so much more that I could just go on and on and on, honestly. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and, and of course, the way DC is going on TV, you never know. You might get cast as that, uh, as that young Harley Quinn, you know, in a DC television series, right? Oh, I would, I would die. I would love Harley Quinn. I was here for Halloween this past year, and it was a dream come true. <laughs> well, you know, we know you're busy. You have a lot of different things on the plate and whatnot. And, you know, it was great having you stop in, chat with us. Now, in closing here, for all of your fans out there, fans of Tessa, people you've touched through your YouTube channel, through shows like Bonked, you name it, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for all of your fans out there that are listening in? For all of my fans out there, I just want to let you know that Whatever feeling that you have right now, your feelings are valid. You are valid as a person. The things that you love, the things that you're passionate about, don't be afraid to show that. Don't be afraid. If you if you love Bunks, if you love Disney, if you love Harry Potter, just show it. Tell people about it. Look online. Find these communities. Find these friends. That's why the Internet is amazing because you can find people that love the same things that you do and talk about it and have discussions and just, it's a whole new world. It's so magical. You know, don't, um, don't feel like you're being childish because you have a love for these things. And don't be afraid to be kind because just being kind in this day of age is just one of the best things that you can do. Just have kindness in your heart, have an open mind, have an open heart. And just spread love and light. Great words of wisdom. You know, all of your fans out there listening in, I know they've enjoyed us, you know, sitting here chatting for a while. You know, of course, everybody can check you out on YouTube, many other places, your charities, so much more. Disney fans, of course, catching you on Bunked on the Disney Channel. And Tessa, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, and taking this time this week. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice talking to you. So let's sing na 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 hey ah. Come on and sing na 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 hey ah. This is our song, that's all that matters Cause we all belong right here together There's nothing better than singing along this is our summer This is our song Come grab your guitar Sit by the fire Cause we all need a song When we're weary and tired We'll sit here together Right here together There's nothing better than singing 
na 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 Number five, love. Wait a minute. Miss Sunshine Sugar Britches comes over here uninvited. Your guitar winds up in the fire and now you're dating? I know. Isn't it romantic? <laughs> Is that all it takes to be with you? Because I will burn your guitar, your clothes, everything. I love you. See more of Hazel in Bunked, only on Disney Channel. Hey, this is Mike Gabriel. I'm a Disney director, animator, production designer, story man, character designer. I've done everything there. I've been there 35 years. Uh, I worked on directed Pocahontas, directed Rescuers Down Under, made a cool short called Lorenzo you might have seen, and uh, production design Wreck-It Ralph, among other things. And I did the corporate logo, too, the, the castle logo with the fireworks and all that. I got to make that. So anyway, I'm so glad to be here at Disney On Demand. Hey there, D-Heads. Patreon with an all-new Magical Music Review. With Disney's latest reimagined animated-to-live-action film coming out next week, I thought we'd take a look back to two years ago. On March 13, 2015, we were introduced to an all-new retelling of Walt Disney's Cinderella. Starring Lily James and Richard Madden, the film pulled influence from the 1950 release and expanded the story even further to create a beautiful new version. The score for the film was composed by Disney veteran Patrick Doyle, who also composed the score for Thor and Brave. Recorded by the London Symphony Orchestra at the Air Lindhurst Studios, the score backs up the performances and scenery in the film. I have three songs queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no more time. Follow me to the beautiful countryside and peaceful kingdom of Walt Disney Pictures' 2015 release of Cinderella. A major difference in this story versus the version Disney fans are most familiar with is our prince meets Cinderella before the ball. Kit and Ella meet in the woods as she runs away from her home to have some peace and time to herself, and he is a member of a royal hunting party. The stag begins soft with a violin solo, backed by the rest of the orchestra, drawing out the emotion of Ella and her unhappiness. When the music picks up in intensity, Ella is charging out into the woods on her horse, coming to an abrupt drop in dynamics as she comes across the stag, though not losing intensity. The dynamics crescendo again as the royal hunting party joins the scene and Ella's horse takes off. Strength in the brass resembles the horns blown while riders are out hunting and brings the triumphant arrival and introduction of Kit. As he catches up to Ella and their horses come to slow and circle each other, the music returns to a softer ballad like the beginning of the piece, but this time is lighter and more cheerful as our leads get to know each other. 
A staple in Disney princess films is the dance between our princess and her prince, and if there's to be a dance, then it must be the beautiful waltz. The Valsi de l'Amour, or the Waltz of Love, plays as Kit and Ella meet again, this time at the ball, and dance the first dance of the evening. The song is light, flowing peacefully, and full of emotion. Starting with the violins counting out the tempo, they hold the lead and instrumentation throughout the piece, with the lower voices staying in the background, adding depth to the sound, and the upper voices in the winds become more prominent as the piece goes on. The emotion of the song is full of love as Kit and Ella move around the ballroom floor. It fully captures the beauty of the scene and continues to draw the audience into our leads as they fall further in love with each other. final selection this week we have the credit song written by patrick doyle director of the film kenneth brana and tommy danvers strong was performed by sana Rele. with an underscore that still follows the feel of the fairy tale the song is light and full of the higher voices rather than the lower voices the words are empowering reminding the listener that the world isn't a storybook they are in charge of their own heart and a central theme to the film hold on to kindness it fits into the film wonderfully well and brings the film to a great close In a perfect storybook, the world is brave and good. A 
hero takes your hand Sweet love will follow But life's a different game The sorrow and the pain Only you can change your world Tomorrow Let your smile light up the sky My time is up for the week. Thanks for sticking around for another magical music review and coming back every week to Disney On Demand. Feel free to connect with the D team and myself on the D-Wire on Facebook or send any of us comments, suggestions, or questions at our email addresses found on DizRadio.com. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fun romp talking with you, Tessa. Thank you once again for stopping in, chatting with us, going down memory lane, being part of Bunked, and so much more. And, of course, for all of us geeks out there. Yes, as I put it before, with Geek Couture, as we're all Star Wars nerds, Harry Potter nerds, and so much more. So thank you, Tessa, once again for stopping in. And, of course, now I can't stop singing the Camp Kiki Waka song. I'd also like to thank the D-Team, yes, of Aaron, Paige, Dominic, and Cody, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without the D-Team, you'd have nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. So thank you, the D-Team, for stopping in with your signature segments. And remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. They do not bite, and they are looking to connect up with all of you. And finally, and most of all, and most important, 
Thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we've been coming back at you for the last seven years, bringing you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there definitely would not be a show. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we have a very special guest stopping in here next week. And before I give you the hint as to who's going to be stopping in, I do have to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical, special little show. And remember, if you need the magic instantly, you need it in your ears right away, you can't wait. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. You can listen to the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, you name it. Just by iTunes and Stitcher Radio, subscribe and get it right there. And remember, I talk a lot, I jibber-jabber, I go on and on. So if you can't remember any of these links, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and all the links are there as well. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, next week, we're going to go into the world of tomorrow. We're going to go into a futuristic realm, a place that's the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, and maybe get shrunk down to the size of a flea sitting on a dog's nose. I'm going to leave it at that and see if you can put it together. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, as I always say, as it's a busy weekend, as always, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. That is the most important thing that you can do every single weekend. So until next week, make the magic, make the memories happen, and have a fantastic weekend.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.